I've said it before. If you bet on one factor and one factor only, bet quarterbacks. Get the quarterback right, and more than likely, you will get the game narrative right. I think it would behoove anyone who wanted to bet football casually to focus on a micro-evident edge at the most valuable position in the game. Make a list where you rank starting quarterbacks top to bottom, or at least in tiers from great to good to average to lousy. When you bet a game, you watch the quarterback of the team you bet on every single play. That's 50 to 60 moments of stress-inducing exhilaration that is both euphoric and devastating in gear-shifting back-and-forth phases. The other 50-plus plays, you root against the opposing quarterback. More stress, more exhilaration, euphoria, and devastation. How do you rank? You can lean into stats, use other people's rankings, or use the good old eyeball test. Sometimes I like to tell myself a story about who the players are when it comes to their personality on the field. When the other 10 players go into the huddle, what do they think about the one who is the CEO of the offense? All apologies to those who haven't watched the show Succession. It's an HBO Max show about spoiled children looking to take over their father's business dynasty. I love it. But also see that it embodies the qualities of high-stakes players attempting to be the face of franchise dominance. This is the essence of elite NFL quarterback play. I will discuss some notable starters of the upcoming 2023 NFL season with the most comparable from the character roster on succession. If you watch and have not finished, this is your all-inclusive spoiler alert. Even if you don't watch, I'm confident you can find some standalone opinions to ridicule or lean into on the hierarchy of current and future pigskin tycoons. Let's start at the top of the succession mountain with the man himself. Logan Roy is the one that everyone knows has been in charge in the corporate universe. At the end of his run, it will be an inevitable Hall of Fame career. Abrasive, egotistic, yet at this stage, not someone you feel is unbeatable. He's somewhat past his prime, yet still the veteran elite. Does that mean the best? No, not necessarily. History has taught you, though, that this is someone you would never count out in a heads-up matchup against whomever it was. This is Aaron Rodgers to me. He is aloof and can be a little cranky. He's received negative reviews publicly from former teammates. Yet, nobody doubts that he isn't a player to be taken seriously. Logan may be crotchety and a pain in the ass to deal with, but his instinctive maneuvering and big playability make him a force to be reckoned with. Rodgers isn't at the top of the quarterback class, but he is the best version of a quarterback you always feel alive when betting on and never feel safe betting against. Hard to imagine Logan Roy on the Pat McAfee show? It's also difficult to imagine a bet against Rodgers allowing you to R-E-L-A-X for much of the game. 
Tom Womgaines is the Matthew Stafford of the league. Both marinated for a while in Michigan before moving to the big city. Both cling tightly to their whoopie, we'll call them Shiv McVeigh, and ride the wave to the top. Along the way, Tom makes Greg his Cooper Cup by throwing to him every time he feels he needs someone to bail him out. We were never sure if Stafford would win a Super Bowl. Even during the championship run, he almost goes down like the Waystar Cruise debacle. I really don't want to make Jaquiski Tarts comp the cruise line, but if the 49er quarterback catches the interception Stafford basically throws at his chest, Stafford is titleless and may be joining Tom in making jailhouse wine. We know he is an upper-tier QB, just like Tom is more than capable of being the top guy at ATN. But how far would he really be without Shiv? And how far would Stafford be without McVeigh? Quick thought before moving on. Stafford's overdependence on Cooper Cup often leaves other skill players on the Rams neglected. Not to make another insulting comp here, but does that make Van Jefferson the Mondale the dog here? Would Stafford only throw to him if he saw a pair of Shiv's pantyhose hanging out of Jefferson's behind? Speaking of, you could see Shiv maybe more clearly than anyone going to the top. She is highly educated, politically aware, and has the real-world adaptability to play within the structure and chaos of the elite business class. The problem is the obstacles that face Shiv are both intentionally placed roadblocks and self-inflicted. Shiv has real opposition from those who see her as a threat, but she also seems to get outside of what works for her when in the most detrimental circumstances. This makes the chance of evolving potential into success seem to get farther and farther away with every big game played. Enter my guy in Big D, Dakota Prescott. Coming into the league, the former SEC QB was viewed as serviceable at best. Much like the only daughter could only achieve so much competing alongside three destined male siblings. What it takes as far as knowledge, work ethic, and drive, however, makes Shiv ideal for leadership, and Dak an ideal for what an organization would thrive with as the face of the company. At the end of the day, though, there's a lack of the big moment push. An absence of having your best moment in the biggest moment. As soon as Dak is in the playoffs, Kendall Shanahan is pumping inappropriate Nirvana songs through the PA. I appreciate the character and leadership Dak brings to his team. I know from the jump, though, that he and Shiv are not going to be hoisting the CEO title, nor the NFL championship title. And sequel, the producer knows it as well. The least serious yet highly realistic successor would be Roman. Smart-ass comments, inappropriate behavior, awkward interaction. Despite these setbacks, though, Roman has a business instinct. The game just comes to him. There might be self-sabotage induced by an emotional breakdown, an angry outburst, or an unsolicited dick pic. All that said, if this player had two titles and an MVP you wouldn't be shocked. Break it down to the dick pics, and the comp is Deshaun Watson. But if you consider the quarterbacks who don't achieve the success that their overall skill set supports, Roman is Watson. 
There is a moment where you really believe that Romulus could be the successor to Logan. Then Logan checks his text messages and the member makes him remember. The youngest son will never be the guy. That will most likely be the legacy of Watson. He has the skill and talent of a Hall of Fame quarterback. But after devastating character issues and a landing spot in the mistake by the lake, Deshaun will never bring the dog pound over the Rainbow Bridge. It will most likely end poorly, with the former Clemson standout unable to deliver the eulogy. Enjoy that martini in the massage parlor, Deshaun. On the winning side, Lucas Matson is Patrick Mahomes. He is the future, the franchise, the industry. You see a Super Bowl showdown when he's heads up with Logan. For a brief moment, Kendall and Roman are looking close to overtime. Ultimately, though, the best player wins, as does Matson, as does Mahomes. He is the only A-plus in my personal rankings, the only one with the gojo. And fortunately for Mahomes, he's never sent a bag of his blood to Travis Kelsey. I realize at this point, if you don't watch Succession, this podcast makes no sense at all. You could stop listening, but hell, you're halfway through. What's another couple minutes? If Madsen were to assign a successor to Logan, it would be Jerry Kelman. All of the necessary skills, full organizational support, the respect of her peers. Yet, in the biggest moment, something goes awry, as it does for Josh Allen. Bad special teams coaching, coin toss misfortune, missent unsolicited dick pics, cool it Roman and Deshaun, whatever the misfortune is, this heir apparent seems to be further away from the title than other much less qualified contenders. Love and respect to Jerry, but I see the Bills Super Bowl drought continuing. My man Connor. Connor is Joe Burrow. Bold, cocky, unfazed by what other people say or think. I'd like to think if Connor won the presidency, he would wear one of those loud, colorful suits that Burrow often strolls into the stadium wearing, right to the inauguration. As Joe puffs on his giant cigar, you just can't help but want to root for him. There aren't many Bengals fans outside of Cincinnati, but the con heads multiply as a joke of a franchise somehow becomes a contender? Ownership has made flashy acquisitions to build a team around Burrow, like Logan has financed political ambitions and Connor's wife's Broadway ambitions. Neither have necessarily invested wisely. What's that? We need an offensive line? Dad just draft his former college receiver. What's that? We need a ground roots campaign? Just make a viral video. Maybe bungle culture will never make Burrow a championship contender just as Connor will never be seriously considered by Logan as an adequate successor. Either way, both are fantastic for my television, and I'm always eager to watch them cook. Speaking of cook, Chef Russell Wilson is making Greg the Egg his comparable. Wilson has always seemed a little phony to me. Too rah-rah as he gives his cliched interviews saying, Let's ride! Greg Hirsch acts like this from start to finish, always sounding corny and always looking to be taken in by the most current do-gooder. 
His job status is directly linked to his bromance with Tom. Like Wilson gains his fame from his marriage certificate to Sierra. I could easily see Greg doing high knees down the aisle of Logan's private plane. And Wilson's debut season in Denver was a year of throwing up through the eye holes of the Waystar theme's mascot dog costume. One big shit show at the fuck factory. I like Greg's character, but by the end, I'd had enough of the guy. Yet still, when Tom keeps him around at the end of the show, placing a sticker from Connor's furniture auction on Greg's forehead, you think, yeah, there's probably more to be gained and worse people to venture with. I think Wilson will elevate his game with Sean Payton, not to all-time levels, but he will stay employable, much like Greg the Egg. Back to winners, Tabitha Hayes, the beautiful, tall drink of water that inexplicitly dates Roman for multiple seasons. The high-class, maybe escort with a heart of gold, somehow tolerates Roman's childish behavior all despite not seeing an inch of some much-needed dick. We're not sure where Tabitha would be without her affluent man or clientele, much like we don't know where Justin Herbert would be without two number one wide receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, plus a three-down running back in Alston Eckler. What we do know is he would still be a beautiful, tall drink of water, like Tabitha. The closest she ever gets dissatisfied with Roman, he tells her he needs her to be more still, like a corpse. Also, he can attempt to consummate the deal. The look on her face is flummoxed and mind-blowing. I have to imagine Herbert makes the same face when Brandon Staley tells him they're going for it on 4th and 12 from their own 3-yard line in the first quarter. Poor Tabitha. Poor Justin. You deserve better. It should be stated that when it comes to my fandom, I am Team Kendall Roy. I love the journey of a man trying to live up to the legacy of his larger-than-life father. Smart and capable, yet overcome by the propensity of crashing and burning in the biggest moment. If I was an NFL quarterback, Kendall would be my comp. I don't share that fandom with Kirk Cousins that I do for Kendall, but he is the best answer amongst a few qualifying contenders. If everything lines up ideally, structured to the regularity and catered to the needs of Cousins, he is a serviceable quarterback. 1 p.m. at home against a quarterback of equal or lesser skill level, things can work. If the situation is complex, dire, or chaotic, however, Cousins is off the side of the bridge, taking the waiter and the Vikings with him. I can see Kendall hollering, You like that? as he runs through the maternal vagina entryway into his 40th birthday party. But since that party was in prime time, away from home, we all know how it will end. Okay, the vagina hallway was to succession obscure. Now, if, if you don't watch the show, I, I fully expect you to bail. Seriously, couple minutes left, you should just go. The Kendall-like QBs will tend to get the best value. They are so sporadic with a fair share of good games and disaster games that you often catch the better of them getting points against other equal-level quarterbacks, 
You know Kendall might crash and burn, but there are payoffs along the way to cash in on. Play Cousins at home, though. Only. There may be traffic in the tunnel that doesn't allow him to make the takeover meeting. When you have money on a QB, are you confident or holding your breath every time he throws an out route, feeling that he is on the verge of a pick six that will lead you to financial destitute? How about when the opposing team has the ball? Are you confident this QB won't take over the game? Or are you fearing that every throw is going to deplete your soul as they move the chains down methodically into the end zone? Get the quarterback right, and you can bet with confidence that at least you have been thoughtful in your evaluation. If you spend no time working on anything else football handicapping related, have a list of quarterbacks. Rank them, grade them, group them, or compare them to characters on your favorite TV show. Just know the intangibles that you like or don't like, and you can bet with a simple system that evaluates the most important aspect of the game. That's it for this podcast. Quick hit on Frank Vernon. Always employable, always putting on the firing squad, always an option to be fired. But for the most part, you get what you expect. A lot of average and slightly, slightly more upside than downside. I like Frank. Sometimes those who perform right at average to below average expectation are the easiest to bet on. You know what you're getting most of the time. Jacoby Brissett and Frank Vernon won't be the successors, but they will continue to be undervalued and therefore bet worthy.